Welcome to this podcast by City Point Church, Redcliffe. We are so happy you could join us and pray that the following message will encourage and empower you. Holy Spirit, I just thank you right now that you are here. And Father, I thank you for the faith in this place. Um, Because Lord, where there is faith, faith breeds an atmosphere for breakthrough. And I just declare that over this place tonight, that whatever people need, Lord, whatever breakthroughs that they need are here tonight. And I just thank you that Holy Spirit, as we open your word, that you are just going to breathe life and faith and hope and truth. In the mighty name of Jesus, we say, have your way, speak to us right now. Break chains, Lord. Father, break the lies, expose lies, Father, over our lives tonight and do your thing. Father, have your way in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I really want you to open up your heart for what I've got to say tonight. Um, If you've got your Bible, you can grab your Bibles. You can go. Thank you. I was admiring your glasses before. They're very nice. I like them. I bought another pair too, but I have to feel really sassy to wear them. They're, kind of <laughs> they're, like, they're like a sassy pair of glasses. These are my go-to feel comfortable ones. And I can't wear my contacts anymore because if I wear them, I can't read up close anymore. Like what happens when you go over 40-ish plus, plus, plus? <laughs> it's like, no, <laughs> no. Um, you know, you've, you've been talking about Christian classics right? You've been going through all the Christian classics. I love that. I don't think I've ever heard a church do that before. And I'm going to talk tonight about the classic of all classics that we hear at every wedding, at least weddings. And that is that, you know, the the greatest of these, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these that remain is love. Except I'm not going to speak about love tonight. I want to speak about hope. Because we all talk a lot about love And we all are Christians, and so we all have great faith, but we don't talk a lot about this little cousin standing over here of hope. Hope is so incredibly, incredibly powerful. You know, one thing, um, and I I know a lot of you are involved in this, but once a year, Cameron and I run um, with with a wonderful team right around Australia, an event called United We Stand. And um, it's not anything that Youth Alive used to do years ago. Uh, Cameron really felt God speak to him about needing something in the young people of the nation where they didn't have to come to the big, you know, uh, like particularly in Queensland when people live so far away in the region. So we started this thing where there are like a hundred different locations going on where people, young people get together on the same night at the same time under the banner of uh, United We Stand to lift up the name of Jesus. And we started here in Queensland, and you guys have always been involved. I think there's one. I'm not sure if it's in this building. It's in this building. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts. It started here about 9,000 young people. Now we have 30,000 young people that gather on one night around Australia. It's coming up again in, uh, in August, on August the 16th. But I said to Cameron, I'm like, you know what? We have to have something that goes beyond that one night. The, the biggest issue amongst young people in this nation, and it's actually not just young people, it's every age group, and that is mental health issues. And that's young people and people of all ages struggling with anxiety and depression and hopelessness. And the answer is Jesus. 
And so this time around, when we stand, united we stand, we're going to get young people all around this nation to start praying. And even tonight's message, what I'm talking about, hope is something that's been given to us by Jesus. It is actually a powerful weapon in our hands. You see, the Bible says that the greatest, the three greatest things that remain are faith, hope, and love. The world has whittled away the definition of hope to it just being really more than a wish, like, oh, I hope it doesn't rain today. Oh, I hope that my husband buys me that dress that I want for my birthday. I hope the baby sleeps through the night. I hope the kids don't fight in the car today, right? We use the word hope so flippantly that really hope has just become a wish. You know, just a couple of days ago, I had a young man Um, he messaged me and he's like, Renee, can we please have coffee? He's a young man in our church. I'm like, sure, we can have coffee. And he's away from home. He's from interstate. And um, he's just been diagnosed with uh, all these tumors that are growing on his spine. He had bone cancer as a child and and it's come back again. And he sat down and he's like, I just need a mum visit. I'm like, I'll be a mum. (laughs) Be a mum while you're away from home. We can have coffee anytime. And he sat before me and he goes, you know what, Renee? He goes, I'm just really struggling to have faith. I'm really struggling to believe that God can do something in my situation. You know, I sat and I looked him in the eye and I said to him the very words that I'm going to be saying to you tonight. Sometimes we don't know how to conjure up that faith, right? We feel like it's a feeling that we need to conjure up. But the thing is, if we can actually grab a hold of hope, hope is actually the platform to having faith. Hope is what actually puts legs on our faith. And I said to him, you know what? All you need to have every single day that you wake up is hope. And it's not a feeling, it's a decision. And I said to him, you need to get up every morning or when you're laying there in bed, you start speaking the word of God and speaking out hope. You say things like, today is the day that God has made. God is going to do great things in my life today. God is shrinking those tumors in my back today. And I started just speaking life over him. And by the time he left, I could see that his spirits began to rise because that is the power of hope. Because the power of hope is more, way more than just a feeling. It's actually something supernatural and powerful. This nation needs hope. Our young people need hope. Our farmers who are out there that have the greatest suicidal rate, they need hope. Hope is something given to us by God as an incredible gift. You know, faith and hope actually work hand in hand. They actually belong together. So, If you, for example, your hope is actually directionally proportional to your faith. So in other words, however much you hope, you show me a person with great hope and I'll show you someone with big faith. You show me someone with high expectations, I'll show you someone with a high amount of faith. Hope and faith are actually related. You want to know how to be a person that walks in faith? Be a person that walks in hope, that lives in hope, that thinks in hope, that speaks out hope. Because hope is actually the key to faith. That's why that scripture says faith, hope, and love. Because faith and hope belong together. And sometimes I know in my own life when it's hard to conjure up the faith and you're like, God, I'm trying to believe. And it's really hard. But what I can do, I can be hopeful. Because hope is having an expectation 
that something great is about to happen. It's having an expectation that at any moment, something really, really good is gonna happen in my life. That's what hope is. And it's not just a good idea. It was given to us by God as a gift to increase our faith. Hope and faith are directionally proportional. Show me someone with negativity and low hope and low expectations. And I'll show you someone with low faith, low expectations, low faith. We're called to be people of bold faith. Everyone say bold faith. So here's a definition of hope. Hope is a confident and eager expectation that good things are about to happen at any moment. I hope that just maybe if we can leave that up there for a minute. Like how, how much does that just break that down? These, sometimes we see these words in the Bible and they're wonderful, love and faith and hope. But what does it mean? To have hope means that you constantly have an eager expectation that good things are about to happen in your life, in your finances, in your family, in your marriage, in your job, in your future, in your study, in your body, at any moment. It's the happy anticipation that something good is going to happen. I'm telling you, my family, particularly on my mum's side, they're like negative Nellies, right? They're like, everything's down and everything's, you know, the, the, the glass is always half empty and everything's, the worst is always about to happen. And I've grown up with that. So I've had to grab a hold of this and really start to turn around my expectation and say, God, I'm not waiting in doom and gloom for something bad to happen around the corner. I'm not waiting for the other shoe to drop. I'm not waiting for just my life to be meh. God, I'm waiting and eagerly expecting for wonderful, amazing, happy things to happen in and through my life. I'm going to, um, one particular scripture that I wanted to focus on, it's absolutely incredible. It's Zechariah chapter 9, verse 12. And it says this, return to your fortress, you prisoners of hope. Even now I announce that I will restore twice as much to you. What a weird term to use, a prisoner of hope. Now, Zechariah was speaking this to the Israelites who had just been prisoners for, for 70 years. They'd just come out of exile. And yet here he is saying to them, oh, now I want you to go back to being a prisoner, but a prisoner of something else this time, a prisoner of hope. You see, the Israelites understood what it was to be a prisoner. They understood what it was to be bound up and to be a slave to something. And so now God is literally turning that whole idea on its head and saying, instead of being a prisoner to all those negative things, I want you to be a prisoner of hope. A prisoner that great things are going to happen. You know, a prisoner is someone who has been caught and guarded and cannot escape. So let's flip this and turn this. Imagine being people who are caught up by hope, guarded by hope, surrounded by hope, cannot get away from or escape from hope. Now, this sounds really, really good, right? It sounds like, yeah, I want to live like that. But you take a bit of an inventory of, you know, like when you're driving and you don't even know, like you, you, you're not, your mind is just mindlessly drifting. What does your mind do when it mindlessly drifts? 
mind goes from topic to topic so super fast. And what is it that we think about? What is it, where is it that your mind goes when it just aimlessly starts drifting? Because we need to start taking captive and taking back these thoughts in our mind and start putting it in to areas and being caught up by hope for our life and hope for our future. Let's think about being a prisoner. A prisoner means that you're surrounded, you're stuck, and you're segregated. You go to sleep in prison, you wake up in prison, you spend all day in prison. In prison, you're hemmed in, you're locked in, and you're walled in. Nothing can get in, and you can't get out. God wants to start turning your prison on its head. What prison do you find yourself in? Is it perhaps a prison of financial worry? Is it a a prison of depression? Is it a prison of anxiety? Is it a prison of perhaps a relationship struggle? Is it a prison of addiction? God was taking back the word prison and saying, whatever prison you find yourself in, let's turn that around and instead find ourselves a prisoner of hope instead of a slave to the things of this world. So let's flip that around. If you are a prisoner of hope, it means you're surrounded by hope, stuck in hope, segregated from everything but hope. You go to sleep hopeful. You wake up hopeful. You spend all day hopeful. You're hemmed in by hope. You're locked in by hope. You're walled in by hope. What a truly beautiful, transformative and powerful way to live. You know, just this week, two very good friends of ours who have been helping us in Youth Alive for a long time, been dear friends of ours for the last 10 years since we've been here in, in Queensland. And, um, and they were pregnant with twins, two beautiful little girls. And about a month ago, one of the twins um, passed away. And there's a, a big, long story behind it. And then just this week, she was put in hospital because um, there were complications. So I went in, I did the good friend thing. I went in and I prayed for her and I even anointed her with oil. I'm like, Jesus, keep that baby in there. Keep her safe, protect her, protect my friend. The next morning at like 6 a.m. I get a text, I'm in the birth suite. I'm like, oh, so much for my prayer. (laughs) Like, Jesus asked you to keep the baby in. What's going on? She's only 30 weeks at this stage with a preemie. You know, she gave birth to that little girl that morning, a little gorgeous little three-pounder, a beautiful little girl. And obviously the other twin had already passed away about the month before. I went into hospital to visit her just two days ago. She was so, the baby's so tiny. She's obviously in in the NICU unit. She's so little. And you know, my friend has just got so much faith. I call her a little faith storm. And I said to her, how are you feeling? And she's like, you know what? I, I just have got so much hope. I know where my other baby is. And now I've got this baby to focus on. And you know, the Bible talks about hope being like an anchor in life's storms. And I looked at her and I'm just like, you are incredible. She's like, but I know where she is. I know where my hope is. We have so much hope in Jesus, no matter what we go through, no matter what storms come our way, no matter what people say, no matter what the report might be, no matter what our bank balance might be, no matter how we might feel, we have something else to hold on to, which is the hope of Jesus. And you know what? He wants you to do far more than just think 
think, oh, I'm going to have a good day today. You know what? You start thinking, God, I'm going to have a great day today. I'm going to have a great week. This is going to be a great month. The rest of the year is going to be a great year. You've got so much for my future, God. You've got so much for the future of my family. And start being hopeful, 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 happy anticipation that wonderful things are coming your way. Wonderful things are going to happen in you and through you. So some quick thoughts. How do we live as a prisoner of hope? You know, the first thing when you're a prisoner is you're convicted. You have to be convicted, right, to be a prisoner. Now, a couple years ago, no, quite a few years ago, before I was married to Cameron, he's rather a fast driver. Bit, bit of a lead foot. And we were engaged to be married and um, he was going a little bit fast around the Adelaide Hills. Is there anyone from Adelaide here? Anyone live from Adelaide? Are you from Adelaide? Okay. He was up in the Adelaide Hills going way too fast. Took a, Well, he just said it was because it was wet and rainy, but you know, we know. Took a corner, flipped, rolled his car. Car turns upside down. He climbs out the window. The first person on the scene happened to be a policeman from our church. Can you believe that? <laughs> I don't know if this was good or bad. But anyway, Glenn comes around the corner and he's, he's a cop from our church. He used to direct the traffic out of our church in Adelaide every week because I'm from a really big church in Adelaide. And um, anyway, as they were kind of, you know, working it out and getting the car towed and et cetera, et cetera, he realized that Cameron had actually forgot to register his car. The registration had ran out, right? And so he's like, oh, buddy, like, I have to report you now. <laughs> so our friend from church obviously had to report Cameron because now he's got a not registered car. And so Cameron had to go to court and he had to stand before a judge and he had to get a conviction. But the judge liked him so much. He just goes, oh, look, look, I'll just take away your license for two days which two days would be the most convenient for you? I'm like, you know, like, if I do something wrong, I get, we, I get caught every time. Is anyone else like that? Like, if you do something wrong, you get caught and you get full punishment, right? Oh, my God. Cameron does stuff wrong and gets away with it every time, right? So, like, even the other day, you know the Lime Scooters? Right? I probably shouldn't tell you this one. But we're, we're like on the lime scooters, right? And I'm like, I do not want to go on a lime scooter, babe. You go on the lime scooter, I'll walk. So we're walking down near the Eagle Street Pier and we wanted to go around to the Howard Street Wharves. And I'm like, I'll just walk. And he's like, no, babe, no, no, come on, get on because, you know, it'll take too long. I'm like, no, I'm a fast walker. And he's so, he's so, um, what's the word? persistent, persistent with me. And then he says to me, I go, no, it's illegal. You can't do that because look, there's not another helmet. You can't have two people. And he goes, no, this is a double lime scooter, right? <laughs> I stupidly believed him. I'm like, okay. But he's so persistent. I'm just like, I'll just do it. Anyway, and I'm like, but what about the helmet? He goes, oh, no, they haven't provided one, so we can't get in trouble because it's a double and there's no helmet. So I'm, st <laughs> I'm on the front of the scooter, and he's going fast, right? Like you, know, like, you know, top speed on those scooters, past everyone. Anyway, we come up to Howard Street Wars, and who would be there? 
the police, of course. And I'm like, oh no. But he's, he's like revving up to them so confidently. I thought, cool, we're on a double scooter, this is fine. The police were checking out this girl's car, a BMW, and they were checking underneath. I don't know what she had under her car. They're checking out her car. Anyway, I'm like, well, obviously we're not gonna get in trouble. Well, sure enough, the police go, hey, 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 guys, stop. I'm like, of course. Of course, because I'm here, we're gonna get in trouble. And so the first thing that comes out of my mouth, I'm like, he made me do it. I'm really sorry. I didn't, I told him, I told him and he made me get on. He's like, guys, do you know this is like $300 worth of fines here? And Cameron just acts like so cool, like, oh, oh, really? Oh, mate, well, you know. And I'm like, I'm really sorry. I thought, and I'm trying to get myself out of it. Anyway, the police let us go, right? I can guarantee you if that was me, by myself or with one of my kids, I would have been fined. I absolutely would have been fined. So anyway, the judge comes to Cameron all these years ago, which two days would you like? And he's like, mm, I'll pick the weekend so my fiance can drive me around, right? So he got to have the weekend anyway. Everyone say conviction. Your conviction, now he didn't go to prison obviously, but however, your conviction is what puts someone in prison. What is your conviction and what kind of prison have you got yourself in? Have you got a conviction, I'm anxious, I'm down, I'm depressed, nothing ever works out. Because if that's the case, the prison you find yourself in is one of negativity and despair and doubt and depression. Is your conviction, nothing's ever gonna change, I never have enough, the breakthrough never seems to come my way. Or is your conviction one of hope which puts you in a prison of expectation? You know, the Bible says in Psalm 27, 14, wait and hope for and expect the Lord. Be brave and of good courage and let your heart be stout and enduring. Let those words sink into your spirit. Wait for and hope for and expect the Lord. You know how we can tell what your conviction is, what our conviction is? It's by our confession. You can tell someone's conviction by the words that come out of their mouth. Nothing's ever gonna change. This is impossible. I can't do it. We're not gonna make it. I just can't trust anyone. I can't control my temper. I'm afraid my child will never come back to God. What if this never changes? But the word says, death and life are in the power of the tongue and they who indulge in it will eat the fruit. How about instead? I've got great news coming my way today. He's healing every wound. I'm getting better and better. I'm stronger than I used to be. God's blessings are chasing me down and taking me over. God has good things in store. Those test results are gonna come back clear. I'm gonna experience a breakthrough today. My kids are gonna behave. I'm gonna get good news at work. What a different way of living life, right? Because often we just find ourselves living, even if we're not in full negativity, we're just kind of meh. We just kind of expect things just to happen. But instead, we can get into the Word and agree with God and start to speak out and have a positive conviction. You know the woman with the issue of blood? The Bible says she kept saying to herself over and over, if I just touch the hem of His garment, I'll be healed. If I just touch the hem of His garment, I'll be healed. If I just touch the hem of His garment, I'll be healed. What she was doing was having a positive confession. She was hoping her way to a breakthrough. She was hoping her way to a miracle. And that's exactly what God wants you and I to do is hope our way to our breakthrough. The second one is that a prisoner is confined. They're surrounded by their prison cell. They can't get away from it. A couple of months ago, I don't know if you guys have seen our, um, our youth pastor, Isaiah. 
he is like six foot eight. He's this, uh, his father's like a, um, um, a, a Negro-American man, beautiful basketballer, and his mum's this white Canadian lady. Well, Izzy's like six foot eight. Like he's this huge, he looks so intimidating, but he's actually scared of everything. He's actually funny, especially bananas. Like if he, no kidding, if you put mushed up old brown bananas, he like loses it. He can't deal. <laughs> so at, we just had winter camp and I saw some bananas. He had to stand in this one spot and they swung all these bananas around him. I'm just like, he's got some issues with bananas. It's weird. Um, but you know, he got stuck in a lift a couple of months ago with a couple of the other leaders and, and the lift wouldn't open. And at first the Instagram was all like, oh, <laughs> this is funny. We're all stuck in the lift. I reckon literally an hour later, they thought they were gonna die. They thought, oh my gosh, I think we're running out of oxygen. <laughs> it's so hot in here. But they were literally stuck for a couple of hours. Imagine being stuck in hope. Imagine just being surrounded Nothing else can get in, nothing else can get out. Nothing can get in but hope, nothing gets out of us but hope. Imagine being so surrounded and stuck like Izzy was in the lift that day. If I could have the band come. And you know the other thing, a prisoner can't take things in with them. They can't take, they really only are allowed to have the basics. You know, we can't take negativity in and expect to be hopeful. We can't take a negative confession in and expect a breakthrough. We can't bring in discouragement and despair. We can't bring in insecurity. We can't bring in comparing ourselves with other people. We can't bring in doubt. We have to be filled, surrounded, hemmed, locked in by hope. You know, I don't know your situation. I don't know what it is that you're struggling with today. But I do know this, that our God of hope is right in the middle of it. He is right in the thick of your situation. He's in the middle of your anxious moments. He's in the middle of that panic attack. He's in the middle of the loneliness. He's in the middle of that situation where that person walked out on you disappointed you he is in the middle of that diagnosis he's in the middle of that addiction he's in the middle of your future he's in the middle of your confusion he is with you surrounding you beautiful scripture in Psalm 139 it says you surrounded me on every side behind me and before me and you have placed your hand gently on my shoulder and even now you know what God is just coming and just placing his hand gently on your shoulder I don't want anyone looking around or, or walking around this is just a moment between you and God there's a couple of people that I'd love to pray for but you know, you need to know and remember and believe and feel that God is surrounding you on every side, on every side. For some of us, we need to grab scriptures. There are some beautiful scriptures and I turn them around and make them into confessions. Things like 
My life is getting brighter and brighter. The Bible talks about our life getting brighter like the dawn. My life is getting brighter and better and clearer. My best days are ahead. God's got good things planned for me. Thank you for listening. We pray that this message empowers you to unmistakably influence your world for good and for God. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. This is the beginning of a life-changing journey. We would love to see you at one of our many City Point Church services across Brisbane and the world this Sunday. You can find out more about our service times and locations at citypointchurch.com. We're so excited to see you there.